So we had a nice discussion last night. Any questions tonight? beginning to everything, so um, I was referring to my own experience the first time I read the Uddhava visits Vrindavan, so um, I think that uh, to the best of our ability, we can uh, do that by um, Reading and and I think uh, I think I would say reading, trying to understand and uh, and um, uh, and from that reading, asking questions like you know I ask for questions like on Sundays or evenings sometimes, and I always appreciate it when the questions are coming from some people have been reading something instead of something. It's going off in their head, not, you know, sometimes, which might be related to the reading and the philosophy, but sometimes it's a little on the fringe. Uh, uh, we try to deal with it and give as best an answer we can, but um, but uh, I think that that is the um, arrangement that we should uh, have or have in place. Uh, Krishnas Kaviraj Goswami in the um, second chapter of the Adi Leela of Chaitanya Charitamrita makes the point or he informs us that that uh, Gore and Nityananda Prabhu they've appeared like the sun and the moon at the same time to distribute prem and destroy the darkness of of uh, of, uh, of desire for um Dharmark, the common moksha. Um, and so they, they've come to do away with that desire and awaken a desire in the fifth goal of life, Panchama Purusharta, Prem, right? We were talking a little bit about kind of more or less that last night. Um, and he said, and the way then in which that they do that, which is an important follow-up or follow-through, is two through two Bhagavatas. Hmm? The book Bhagavatam, Srimad Bhagavatam, and the person relishing the the, the mellows of the Bhagavatam, actually hearing the Bhagavatam, as, as you put it, so to speak, in, in, in your question, right? And so to have both of those in our lives so that we can begin to hear Obviously, we hear when it's, um, you know, I've heard sometimes devotees emphasize that you have to hear 
from advanced devotees, just reading is not enough or, or something like that. Um, true, and you know, but it can be abused, and I've seen it abused, and so then they dismiss the idea of reading uh, at all oneself, but two together, so read, and then have the opportunity to ask questions, to have that in place, to be serving the person Bhagavatam and reading the book Bhagavatam. Um, is um, how to uh, arrive at that place um, that, uh, in one sense, constitutes really hearing what's really what's really going on there, and so forth. Um, and it's, of course, important to uh, read the Bhagavatam with a view to serve and a view to, to hear something that I can uh, then take in and will serve as a building block in the, uh, in a, you know, the temple that I'm erecting in my heart. Um, and so the attitude with which we approach it, we are probably in a better position to uh, cultivate that attitude if, again, at the same time, we're serving a person, Bhagavatam. So, I mean, between reading the book Bhagavatam, you know, hearing it, reading it, and, and then serving the person, well, Pujapad Sridhamarshi gave a nice example of the, of the passive agent of divinity and the active agent of divinity. So the book is passive. It can't really respond to you, answer your questions, or ask you if you understood after you read the paragraph. But the, the active agent of divinity, the, the person Bhagavatam, can do that hmm? and can make sure that we're, our understanding is, is correct and, and, uh, and so forth. So you don't want to separate those two. And then you have people, of course, that do that for, in academia, for example. There are people who study um, uh, the uh, uh, Gaudiya Sampradaya for Gaudiya religion. It's Prabhupada made it popular. There are scholars who who made their whole careers out of out of that, um, and other traditions, Hindu traditions or whatever religious traditions. But um, and they may know the book better than some devotees, but but obviously not, not know it at all. I, I remember once we, we were in Vrindavan and Pramod Puri Goswami Maharaj was having him in Darshan, we were speaking, and, and he, there was some famous um, Mayavadi in town, and he was giving lectures, and lectures on um, maybe Bhagavatam, maybe even Chaitanya Charitamrita. One of the things that these, uh, some of these um, very scholarly Advaitins do is that they, they, they acquaint themselves with all the different paths and they can speak on them very well. Hmm? Better than some devotees. So he, he chuckled and said, Yeah, he knows that he knows that whatever it was the book say the Bhagavad Gita better better than we do. Hmm? Um, you know, in one sense. But you know, he has no devotion for Krishna, so he doesn't know the Bhagavatam at all, right? He, he, he knows what it says, he knows what we say, he can repeat it and give a 
talk on it, and so on and so forth. But, but um, um, uh, doesn't approach the book in the way that the book itself recommends that it might be be realized. So, um, so there's the possibility of kind of learning the book, so to speak, but not not really learning it at all. And then there's the other end of the spectrum, not not being able to recite it or know any verses, but but you like to hear it and you and you hear it in conjunction with uh, serving someone who, uh, who who understands it. And so, but at any rate, those two things uh, together are are what is um, um, as Krishnadas has pointed out is is how to attain the prem that they're giving to the world. So, so anyway, some and I was saying some I've heard some um, teachers in the Gaudi line emphasizes hearing, hearing from sadhu, you know, and not uh, reading, and then then people don't don't read, and, and that can that can be abused, or then they criticize people who have read, studied, who know very well, and they say, well, who cares what you know, because they have a different idea, let's say, which is wrong. That they've somehow imbibed, right, and identified with, and then you're pointing out, well, actually, the book, that's not the Siddhanta, doesn't say that, and then they become emotional and say, well, you, you're just a scholar, you know, you, you, what do you know, you know, just not by reading the book, you can't, you know. <laughs> anyway, we run into this kind of thing. So um, it's again one of those things where somebody says, you know. You should hear not not from a sadhu, from the lips of a sadhu, not 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 to read, but will that do? Yeah, that can be said, but don't you don't want to distort that. In Pujapatrita Marsh's mission in Gaudiyanasaraswatmath, he had a policy that when new people would come to join, they weren't allowed to read the Bhagavatam. They weren't allowed to chant japa. They could they could do kirtan. They could go to the kirtan and do services at the temple and and as at a time that they were initiated, then they would get the japa mala, and then they would be uh, allowed to read the Bhagavatam. To emphasize really this point, right, that you can't go around the guru and chant and read the Bhagavatam without perhaps unknowingly committing an offense of disrespecting the principle of the guru, hmm? um, who again is an active agent of divinity, so a little bit um, could be a little intimidating, hmm? right? Um, so, and there are people that do that. It's, it's common today, um, but that was his uh, policy to emphasize that point. So, so to hear in in that kind of setting where you have the opportunity to ask, and then uh, you get you get clarity. Otherwise. Um, you know there are there are, there are, there are ways to read the book that um, are uh, could be useful helpful. That for example, it's a big book. It's you know three hundred and some chapters and eighteen almost eighteen thousand verses and and some of it's in prose and some of it's in verse and uh, and. Um, it's one conversation inside of another, inside of another. And so one of the things that may be helpful um, is to uh, 
try to get, and I try to bring devotees into this, but I mean in terms of reading, to get an overview of how the book works. Like you have, for example, you know, edition of Prabhupada's edition in English, and now I think Vishwanath Chakritakur's edition is, is, is in English. Um, and so those are the commentaries, and they're, of course, extremely important, in one sense more important than the verses. We find out what the what the in, what the um, spirit of the verses are, and find things that are in there that we wouldn't know otherwise. But even that aside, you can read without those just to get a feel. What's the structure? What's happening here? This. What is the conversation? And what is it? What is it? What is it? What is the question that took us into this other narrative, and so forth? And I think that that helps you to kind of like get on the map of you know how the book works and 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 so forth and, and that can be helpful. Prabhupada's commentary is not like that. Um, like in my Gita commentary, I try to take the devotees through the verses and see how they connect and chapter to chapter, verse to verse, and so forth. So I think that's just. Um, um, a good way of reading that's obviously not relishing and uh, you know uh, deriving what the, the taste that's that's there, but it's it's um, helpful. So um, um, those are some thoughts. Does that help? Yeah. What else? Or we used to, I used to have read with devotees, and I would read a verse, and then the commentary. And in the commentary, there are sometimes references to other verses. Then we would go to the other verses. So the reading in the first canon, verse in the third canon is quoted, and you go there and read that. And then in that commentary, there's a verse to the sixth canon. Then you start to see that consistently in the commentaries, certain verses are cited. Certain, and you know, you, you, you could start to see, oh, this is a a well-known verse hmm? start to identify well-known verses um, just by taking taking note of well, what's what's being what verse is being quoted here and then you know either mentally or you make a note of it and then it comes up again it must be an important one you know? and then and then, then it's, it becomes kind of a pivotal hmm? um, uh, Verse that a particular acharya or acharya's um, um, cite, and that's very helpful to get some standing in how the book works and so forth. Yes. I have a question from Atulananda Acharya Maharaj. Atulananda Maharaj Kijar. In the purport to four eight. Bhagavad Gita, uh, your, your commentary. Uh, it is said that when the subtle body of the demon is destroyed, his hostility for Krishna is tra- transformed into love. Thus, at the moment of death, death he sees Krishna as the embodiment of affection. Why then demon usually? Why then demons usually get sayuja mukti? And he, he ends by saying, "We are hopeless until we hear your answer." <laughs> Well, that's uh, based on a statement from Govinda Basha of Baldev Vidyabhushan. 
um, which more or less um, uh, addresses the dynamics that need to be in place for there to be mukti. That being that the, the prabdha karma has to be exhausted and the subtle body also. I mean, because we, we, we leave this body and we go to the next body in, in the subtle body. So the subtle body has to be uh, uh, destroyed, if you will, uh, as well as the gross body in order for there to be um, mukti. And um, that's one thing. And so Krishna does that. Um, but the idea that I guess he's um, trying to wrap his head around is that is that they develop some love for Krishna, some affection for Krishna. Then why don't why do they go to Sayuja Mukti, which is so undesirable from the devotee's point of view, hmm? rather than to Vaikuntha. Well, the answer to that is uh, there's a couple ways to think about that. One is that some of them do attain uh, something, what we would say, more than Sayuja Mukti. So some of the famous demons in Krishna Leela, like, for example, Agasura, attained Sarupya Mukti, which is a form of Mukti in where, where there is um, opportunity for service. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, Perlambasur, um, I think, uh, um, although it's not found in the narrative itself, Danikasur is mentioned later on in the Bhagavatam as, as well, maybe just attained liberation. But so there's, there, there's a broad term. Yes, uh, some uh, appear to attain Sayuja, then some are said to attain Sayuja, and from there they attain. Uh, devotional form of mukti also. Uh, there have been inscriptions like that. So it's not that everybody um, attains uh, sayuja mukti, but some might. So what about them? Hmm? Well, um, um, the fact on the one hand is they have, they're not entering into the whole affair with a desire to attain love of Krishna. And to say, as Baladev has, and I think I've, I've referenced him there, that um, that they see Krishna. What do they see Krishna as affectionate? They lo- have they develop love for him. Hmm? What is it said? Something to that effect. Uh, uh, the the subtle body of the of the demon is destroyed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, okay, so when it's destroyed, his hostility for Krishna is transformed into love. Yeah. And, and at that moment, he sees Krishna as the embodiment of affection. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, uh, it's... Let me, let me give you another uh, example. There are Advaitins. In Shankar's mission, there are four moths, four monasteries that he established. So there's always four acharyas for the um, uh, Shankar's mission, right? And one of those moths is 
a sect of Advaitins who have prominently factored bhakti into their pursuit of, really in our language, Sayuja Mukti. Hmm? Um, I believe it's the, the, the group that, that uh, is in Jagannath Puri, and, and they, the, the uh, not the Atis, not the Chagis, the, the, the Sannyasins, but the, the Brahminical, Smarta, religious um, feature or aspect of that tradition. So you have your religious tradition led by the the uh, the uh, what did I call them? Um, Smartas, the Smarta Brahmins, hmm? and it, and, it's, and then you have your renunciates. Right, so the smartest, and they, in that school you have to be thought, just thought you have to be born as a Brahmin, and then in that life take sannyasa, and then you can get mukti. That's the idea. So anyway, they run the Jagannath Puri temple, if I recall correctly. Um, so, um, um, a, a an example of such a yati or renunciate in that school who has factored bhakti considerably into his life is Madhusudan Saraswati. And he was quite prolific. And uh, the Goswamis, he was a contemporary of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, although it said he never met Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but he had, he expressed this great love uh, for Krishna. And um, he cited sometimes, even Madhusudan Saraswati says this, and by the Goswamis. Um, so if you hear, if you read his Gita commentary, some of the things he says about Krishna make you feel that he really has a lot of, he sees Krishna as the embodiment of affection and, and, and love. Even Shankar himself has said somewhere in his writing that his desire was to retire on the banks of the Jamuna and just remember the pastimes of Krishna. They're so charming, so sweet, this form of Brahman. Hmm? Now, of course, the problem with the Mayavadis, in particular, is that it, as Vishwanath Chakravartyakura says, it's very difficult to be a Mayavadi, factor bhakti, into your pursuit of mukti, and not be offensive at the same time. I mean, from the devotee's point of view, the very idea that there are two tiers of Brahman, hmm? one of which constitutes Ishwar, the avatar, and it's a, that's a manifestation of the sattva-guna, hmm? is uh, unbecoming, if not offensive. And that's just like, you know, central to their whole uh, philosophy. So the problem, of course, is that you can't attain mukti without bhakti, but if you offend Bhakti or Bhagawan, then you definitely aren't going to do it. So they factor it in, but then, so he says it's very difficult for them, but there might be some. <laughs> and they're not the only um, um, uh, persons who are pursuing Sojamukti and factoring Bhakti into their um, pursuit. 
Um, so sometimes the demons and those who desire to merge into Brahman are, are equated in Gaudiya uh, commentaries just to say how, how undesirable that mukti is that even demons go there, mm-hmm. can get there, and so, what to speak of going there by a spiritual practice? You know, it's it's not not something that we we want. Something like that. It's just by way of comparison, right? Um, um, but uh, let's say you know, Maya bodies aside, or that rare Maya body that somehow you know doesn't doesn't have those offensive ideas, which would kind of not make him a Maya body in one sense, but. Uh, that a, 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 a jnani who factors bhakti and into his practice or her practice and wants to attain sayuja mukti, hmm? so that they will do bhakti. They have love for the for the deity, hmm? everything. But their desire is sayuja mukti. So that's what the deity gives them. And you may find people like that who seem to be more devoted to Krishna than some uh, devotees. Hmm? And they're 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 fully focused on this ideal of mukti, and um, maybe for want of a association and a more refined idea of the possibilities that derive from bhakti, this is their worldview. They got a samskar for attaining sayuja mukti, and they do bhakti for sayuja mukti. So you can't say they don't have any love for Krishna. Hmm? They do, but it's just like someone who goes to Vaikuntha in earnest pursues it has love for Krishna also, and someone who goes to in earnest pursues Braj also has love for Krishna. But there are different types of love of Krishna. Hmm? So they 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 love Krishna. They see him. He he. There is no more lovable manifestation of Brahman. Arguably, hmm. um, of course, some people do say Rama's more. You know, they feel like that. But objectively speaking, he's pretty charming, right? And so, um, so at any rate, there are persons who see Krishna as the perfect, m- most affectionate. But their desire is mukti because of some scars for that. That's the kind of association they've had. That's the, the limit of their understanding of the possibilities that uh, exist and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but their love for Krishna is not like ours. So they're not loving Krishna like a gopi. Mm-hmm. But still, they're seeing him as, as the embodiment of affection and, uh, and uh, and so similarly um, some of the demons mm-hmm. They're not cultivating a certain type of love of Krishna. So, what kind of love of Krishna are they going to have? Hmm? They, there are different types of love of Krishna or love of Bhagawan, and there's a whole cultivation to it. Lakshmi wanted to attain Krishna and the Rasada, and she couldn't because she didn't do that kind of sadhana. Hmm? So, not doing a particular kind of sadhana, which would give them a particular kind of love of Krishna that would warrant hmm, something more. Than the mukti that um, that you know he gives them in some instances, but it doesn't mean that they don't see him 
um, as object of affection as much as let's say um, let's say you're 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 suffering from cancer and someone comes in and cures you of cancer he says there you have magic you're, you're cured or you know through uh, whatever method and 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 you understand that your cure is fully dependent upon them then you're going to see them as an object of affection right doesn't mean you're going to want to marry him <laughs> but he's an object of affection that, that guy he's great he, and meanwhile you got your own wife or family or uh, so forth hmm? so all the different types of love i think it's just a, speaking of it in a broad broad term they can't have an, any more love than that because they haven't approached it they haven't cultivated that type of love that's not their their uh, their, their ambition in fact it's quite the opposite right hmm? so they've gone about it in a in a very different way they've been even been against krishna so to speak these demons from of kamsa are coming to kill krishna hmm? so yeah they get mukti but that's why it's said um that ibhagavatam says in seventh canto that if you approach Krishna in 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 in, in friendship in, in in service with kama like the gopis or with envy like Shishupal with fear like Kamsa Shishupal was envious of Krishna his whole life he was completely like fixed on Krishna with envy for him. Kamsa was fixed on Krishna. What devotee do you know that is as preoccupied with Krishna as Kamsa was? Out of fear. He's kind of, what happened? <laughs> what happened? You know, oh God, I gotta send some get another person, send him there. So what happened? He's he was totally absorbed. Hmm? This is what the Bhagavatam is speaking about. Somehow or other, he attained a prakarena somehow or other absorb the mind in Krishna and even if, if you do so out of enmity out of fear out of karma hmm? out of sambandha he says it means sambandhanuga or kamanuga hmm? then such is Krishna that you're going to get this extraordinary result that doesn't mean that that Sisupal got the same result as the gopis hmm? but his mind was absorbed entirely Kamsa's mind was absorbed and the result of the mind being absorbed is that the mind gets turned off the subtle body gets destroyed in this case in those cases Krishna Krishna killed them and so uh, at that point they, they see Krishna for somewhat in, in a vague sense for who he is Hmm? and I mean it's already been the case let's take the case of Sisu Paul or Kamsa it's already out there people are saying he's God Sisu Paul's envious of him so he can't see him like that but and in the end he sees him like that hmm? Krishna shows that's one thing about Krishna that the it's said the other avatars upon uh, like Ram slaying Ravana, Ravana didn't get liberation. But when Krishna slayed that person who was Ravana, 
in his next life, then he got, who was it? Was it? Sushupal Dantabakra, which was which, I can't remember. Dantabakra, uh, Ram and uh, Ravan and, um, what's it, Kumbhakarna? The two, anyway. So they got, got killed by Krishna, Dantabakra and Sushupal. They got, they got liberation. So it's a speciality of, of, of Krishna, if you will, which means especially merciful, right? So, so he kills them. And they see him by his grace in a way that um, they understand he's giving me mukti. He's ending all, all suffering, all fear, and he's gone. Uh, so they have some, some love. Hmm. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's not in our language and thinking, it's, it's almost the opposite, but, but it, it's, it's some form of that. So they get accordingly. Hmm? Now, why Krishna would give some Sayuja Mukti and why Krishna would give some Sarupya Mukti, uh, that's uh, maybe hard to sort out, or maybe, maybe you might find some information in Garga Samhita, which gives some description of who Agasura was in his previous life and who this one was. And it, it, it maybe some background there. I, I haven't read that in a long, long time. I don't think I ever read it through, but um, like I can't definitively say why why some got sarupya mukti, but some did. So, so yeyatama papadyante must be some background to that, or maybe not. Why did Krishna give Putana vatsalya rasa? He said he gave her some kind of vatsalya rasa on the outer petals of the lotus of Golok, not in, in Braj. So that's another example. So not everybody gets only Sayuja Mukti that's killed by Krishna. Hmm? Some get Vatsalya Bhakti, some get Sarupya Mukti, hmm? some get Sayuja, and it's all good, hmm? <laughs> except Sayuja. <laughs> but that's our, from our, our, our point of view. Hmm? Those who get think it's think it's good, and they think, oh, see how kind Krishna is. Here, I wanted to kill him, and and you can't kill him, and and even though I tried, he's giving me mukti. And it's not that Sisupal didn't know about mukti. It's not that Kamsa didn't know about mukti. You study some of the things they said, you realize they, they knew quite a bit. You know, that's just a, into the fabric of the whole society. There's reincarnation, there's karma. Still, they were bad people. <laughs> Still, they attacked Krishna. But they, but so, so. Of course, now, yeah, we should be clear also. I mean, it's not exactly true that when Sisupal got Sujimukta, because Sisupal, at least... In, in, in one instance was in a manifestation of or an incarnation of uh, you know Jai Vijay not not that that Leela goes on and on and on not every time is it Jai Vijay who are Dantavakra and um, and uh, Sisupal but so that's a different case but um, so another other Prakat Leelas and somebody else's Sushupal and, and 
gets whatever. I mean, I think Sisuval is described as getting Sayuja. Well, maybe not. I mean, Sayuja Mukti, and then, I mean, basically, the way the Bhagavatam deals with Sisupal is in terms of Sisupal being and Antifakra being giant Vijay in their last births. Uh, there's just a comment that it's not every time that Prakat Leela happens that they have to come back and, and do that again. Um, so, But yes, there, some get Sayuja Mukti, but um, who knows? Maybe they think that that's the best thing that could happen to them. Hmm? Does that help? I mean, <laughs> I thought it was okay for an, for an answer. What else? Yes? of Putana uh, getting um, motherly affection, that she was sister of Bali Maharaj and had previous life. So there when go. she saw Bamanadev, she was like, oh, he's so wonderful, I want a son like that. But then when he uh, conquered her brother, she was like, if I had a son like that, I would kill him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like I say, there's some... There's some yeah, background to, to all these these demons. It's not their only f their first life, so, <laughs> so, yeah. So she had a, some desire, some ideal, to have a son like Ramana or like 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 Ram, like Ram, like Ramana or Balimarsh, like Ramana. So. Noted. <laughs> Krishna's taking note. Okay. in the Leelas, some, some people are, are um, they're, they're coming from different backgrounds, different stages, um, um, and um, I can't speak about everybody, um, exactly what their uh, position is. You take the, uh, the you know, we're, 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 we've been going through Recently, the Kaliya Leela, so Kaliya had wives who were devotees. And they were constantly telling their husband he should surrender to Krishna, so on and so forth. But uh, but he uh, didn't heed their advice. But because of their advice, because of their wanting him to be a devotee, he became a devotee, ultimately. He went kind of a strange route, if you will, but uh, but, but their, their desire caused Krishna to deal with him the way he did and, and to give him um, bhakti ultimately. So there's all types of persons in in the Leela that are we, we, we you know we we, we, we we certain people are brought out by our acharyas and their positions and so forth and you can't account for for everybody. I never thought about Kamsa's Kamsa's wife. But it's often the case that somebody who's a demon those associated with him in Leela are not, hmm. and they have they have some some favorable role, but given the circumstances, they're not 
in a position to express it as overtly as 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 um, other devotees are. Hmm. What else? Yes. Just wondering um, yesterday about Krishna's form. You were talking about how um, you know, the Da manifests from Baladev, and so I'm wondering, I guess, what Krishna's form is composed of, like in terms of, is it Rupini, is it um, Well, it's generally thought it's, it's composed of bliss, but um, um, I think that Bhakti Thakur said that, that the form of Krishna is, I mean, how do you talk about it? Because it's obviously not something that happens in time, but but a manifestation of, of Baladev's Sandini Shakti. Um, but then... Excuse me. <coughs> I don't think that tells the whole story. Um, you can't have, well, I should say, the Sandini Shakti is kind of like the ground on which Ladini and Sambit manifest. So, for example, we hear in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu an explanation, a definition of bhava, Baba is a ray of the son of Prema, and it's a um, it's a Sudasatva Visheshatma. Visheshatma Vishesh means like a differentiation combination. So the explanation is it's a combination of Sambit and Ladini, a kind of knowing Sambit and a corresponding bliss. But it said Sudasattva Visheshatma, which means Sudasattva means Sandini. On the ground of Sandini, hmm, then this Sambit and Ladini express themselves in different ways, making up, like, I know myself to be the friend of Krishna, I know myself to be the lover of Krishna, and there's going to be a corresponding Ladini hmm, bliss that, that, that goes with that. that it's part of your identity on the ground of Sandini Shakti. So in that sense, Krishna's form is a manifestation of the Sandini Shakti. I think that's what Bhakti Thakur is, is speaking about, like the Dham is and so forth. But again, it's like not the whole story. So so uh, sometimes we say, Ishvara Parma Krishna Satchitananda Vigraha. I think this is Brahma Samhita, or you find something similar at the onset of the Gopal Tapani Upanishad. So, Satchitananda Vigraha, he, had, he, has a, he is a form, Vigraha means form, of Satchitananda, hmm? of eternity, a form of eternity, a form of knowledge, and a, and a form of bliss. It's like knowledge in a, taking shape, and, you know, uh, uh, eternity taking shape, and... Um, um, of course, all the forms of the uh, are like that, forms of Prem, but it's another way in which his form is um, often described. He said that there is, in Gaudi Vaishnava, there's, there's the embodied and the unembodied bliss. Hmm? 
the unembodied bliss is, is derivative of the embodied bliss. Hmm? Brahman is therefore described as the halo or the effulgence, a abstract form of bliss that's derivative or derived from the embodiment of bliss, which facilitates Ananda. Hmm? If you want to say bliss, Ananda, love, hmm? well, it's facilitated by the by the form. The abstract, um, unembodied, is doesn't facilitate to the same measure. Hmm? Uh, it, it, you know, and again, it's just a common example sometimes given. Well. Um, If you have an abstract idea and you're an artist of something beautiful until you give it shape, it can't be really relished to the same extent. When it's got, it's got it takes shape, then it can be relished by yourself and more and by others and, and so on. It's an interesting idea because obviously the material form limits and constrains. Hmm? But the spiritual form facilitates and expands, and because of its, of what it's constituted of, because it's, it's, uh, it's embodied, embodied, embodied bliss, condensed. Sometimes it's described as condensed bliss. So this diluted bliss. And again, it's how can you experience it? How can you take advantage of it? It's 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 rather abstract. Hmm? I've often said not taking is kind of like part of loving, but loving is more than not taking. As much as love is giving, not taking is part of it. But so, some thoughts about Krishna's attractive form. What's the time? Okay, we'll stop there and take a little prashad tonight. Shri Shri Dajikupal Kijai. Gold Premanandi.